Shrinkwrap Radio number 834. Psychologist Scott Barry Kaufman, Ph.D. on Transcending Trauma, Fear, and Self-Doubt. And now it's time for Dr. Dave and Shrinkwrap Radio. psychology you need to know when just enough to make it dangerous it's all in your head and now here's your host dr dave my guest today is scott barry kaufman phd co-author of the book choose growth a workbook for transcending trauma fear and self-doubt Grounded in the latest research on positive psychology, Choose Growth is filled with a compendium of science, wisdom, and practical exercises designed to help us all commit to growth, pursue self-actualization, and safely navigate through choppy waters. Now, here's the interview. Dr. Scott Barry Kaufman, welcome to Shrink Wrap Radio. Dr. Dave. Yeah, it's great to have you here. And, um, you know, we're going to be discussing this book that you've written called uh, Choose Growth, a workbook for transcending trauma, fear, and self-doubt. Good idea. (laughs) We really need to transcend that stuff, uh, particularly uh, at this time. So what's the story behind the book? How did this happen? Well, I originally published this book called Transcend, The New Science of Self-Actualization, which was quite technical and um, very, uh, um, it was aimed for a general audience, but it was uh, very nerdy and had okay. lots of citations, lots oh. of research citations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and you, uh, you... our publisher was like, you know, maybe a, a workbook would be good. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, and I reached out to my former student, who uh, I think is an amazing uh, human as well as researcher. Her name is Jordan Feingold, and we worked together on the book. And uh, she started this field called positive medicine. So we really wanted to focus on post-traumatic growth and uh, focus on uh, the potential for 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 growth, uh, even under the most difficult of circumstances. And of course, that's just what the two of you have done. And uh... In, in the book, you tell something about both of your backgrounds, and maybe um, since you mentioned her, let's let's start with her. She has a fascinating background. Can you fill us in? Um, yeah. So, so she, yeah, she does have a fascinating background. Um, she, uh, I mean, she went and got a master's degree in positive psychology at the University of Pennsylvania. The, pos- the Masters of Applied Positive Psychology program, and then went to med school and got an MD 
but noticed that in med school there was such a dearth of information that that physicians were taught about how our body can affect our minds mm -hmm. and how the body and mind are connected and um and a lot of the you know a lack of consideration um among uh physicians about um how why men how mental health plays a role in our overall health so yeah she's really done a great job kind of uh, spearheading this field and um uh and uh we we it was a real meeting of the minds indeed and and now tell us about your own distinguished background oh boy well <coughs> where how far do we want to go back uh, some of my background is not that distinguished. Um, when I was a kid, I was in special education. That's and, right. That's right. Uh, found it very hard to process things in real time and became very interested when I was very young in, in a human potential and the potential of all the people around me, the potential of my classmates in special education, um, the potential of well, I was curious who these gifted kids were, <laughs> um, and what the, the gifted kids have. What huh. what did they have that I yeah. didn't have? And, yeah, um, right. because you, you you were put into a class for learning disabled students, right? That's right. That's and right. W which and had I, and to I've be since, uh, since... uh, 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 I would imagine an, an initial sort of a blight on your. On your horizon, you might have seen it as as really a negative thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, I it lowered my self esteem uh, quite sure. a bit. My anxiety levels soared, but I became determined to see what I was capable of. And you know, within within uh, within enough time, um, by ninth grade, I I decided to take myself out thanks to the encouragement of a teacher. And uh, and see what I was capable of. I think we should all at least attempt to see what we're capable of in our lives. And uh, I think well, so many of us don't even try because we we have certain ideas and are limiting self limiting beliefs. Right. So by take yourself out, you mean take yourself out of the uh, special ed track and get into regular classes. That's right. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Even even honors classes. Even the even the hard classes. Yeah. Yeah, so certainly, uh, you know, it's good for our audience to know that you've had some struggles in your background because uh, you're so successful now. You're all over the, the internet and, and uh, you know, <laughs> and so, so, um, so what called you to be a psychologist? When did you, at what point did you uh, decide to become a psychologist? Um, trying to, I'm trying to think when was the last time. Uh, so when did I decide to become a psychologist? Is that the question? Yeah. Or, you know, I've always been interested in Joseph Campbell and, and me too. His, and the, yeah. And the, oh, that was the other thing I wanted to acknowledge is, uh, I feel such a kinship with you because, mm. um, the um, psychology department, the psychology that I was drawn to, and I'm like 20 years ahead of you or more, 30 years, and um, 
was humanistic psychology, and I came to Sonoma State University. I took a job there because they actually had a master's program in humanistic psychology, one of two in the whole country. And in, in the, two, the two departments that both had that was because they had uh, uh, people that studied with Maslow. And so wow. we, we were very influenced by that. And, um, yeah, so, so we have that in common and, and uh, that interest in, in ex- existential psychology and, um, you know, which is so wonderful to see that that's so strong in your work because, you know, it kind of went out of... Um, it was seen by some people as kind of a fad, the human potential movement. There were mistakes, there were abuses, and uh, and so it kind of dropped down in some ways. And so I see you as uh, working to resuscitate it. <laughs> Thanks. I'm trying. Um, it's Even the term human potential doesn't have quite the cachet it did in the 60s. No. <laughs> No, it doesn't. And I'm trying. And I, I mean, I run. I I started the Center for Human Potential. I thought, you know, if I if I just call the center, what it is, you know, yeah. and maybe 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 that term will, will uh, you know. But I'm very interested in the future of human potential and where where we could go as a species and and where we're going as a species. Sure, sure. And uh, by the way, I also. Uh, did my undergraduate work at Penn, um, although there was no, oh, wow. there was no, uh, no such program as that master's program, you know, uh, for coaching and uh, humanistic, or not humanistic, but the positive psychology uh, that Seligman, you know, breathed life into, uh, and and kind of tried to create some distance, I think, between himself. And that history, and because uh, he really wanted it to be new, and he wanted it to be solidly research-based, whatever it was going to be. That's right. No, both those reasons. Yeah. 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 So, if you had not become a psychologist, what do you think would you might have become? A, a musical theater performer on Broadway. Uh-huh. Okay. So you have you have some Or a stand up comedian. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was drawn to that myself, but never had the courage to uh, give it a try. But I would get rave views in some of my classes for uh but of course a captive <laughs> audience helps. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> That's yeah. true. They they, they 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 laugh at your jokes, they get a good grade. Yeah, well, that's that's the theory at any rate. Hopefully, it wasn't it wasn't the case. Um, so, let's see, just to dig in a little bit more here, um, well, let's let's talk about your book some. Um, what what do you think is unique about this book? Choose growth. We talk about choose growth. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) 
Yep. <laughs> um, well, there, you know, there, this idea of this field called post-traumatic growth is, I don't think, as well-known as post-traumatic stress disorder is known. Right, right. Um, so anything I can right. do to get the word out more about um, that there is growth potential in our traumas is good. But I also think that there is this um, this revised hierarchy of needs idea that I have in the book is revised with a new metaphor for life and self-actualization, which is self-actualization is a journey, um, not a destination. And yeah. a sailboat metaphor is a probably better metaphor for the growth process in life. Right, right. Yes, I like that. Take us through that metaphor that you use in the book. Sure. So with this metaphor, the base of the boat is um, is it represents our security needs. If we have too many holes in the boat, it makes it very hard for us to to move. You know, we have to try to plug the holes and figure out how we're going to uh, to stay afloat. Um, and those those security needs are the needs for belonging, the needs for security, and the need for purpose. But if we get enough of 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 security, we can feel a sense of growth, and we can feel a sense of forward motion. Um, which is only going to happen if we open up the sail. Opening up the sail makes you vulnerable. Um, it's a vulnerable living life and trying to move toward your goals. There's lots of forces, internal negative thoughts and uh, external forces that environmental situations that are really holding us back from reaching our goals. But ultimately, we have to persevere and um and integrate the, the various sides of ourselves in a way that it's harmonious harmonious, and healthy. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I asked you about, about your calling, and you mentioned comedy and Broadway th theater as the fallback. Um, but I'm really struck by uh, your, a big part of your calling seems to be education, uh, being an, mm. an educator. Across the board. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's, this is true. This is true. I have a very soft spot for education because, I, I, you know, seeing as a kid what what education could be, uh, I, did, I didn't see, I thought of what it could be based on what I saw as a kid. And it, there's a lot that's left to be desired in our education system and the way yeah. that we sort kids and the way that we test for kid-child potential and things along those lines. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, um, I want to remember where I was going to go here. Um, <clears throat> I knew where I was going to go a moment ago. <laughs> Talk about your sailboat, and it's good to have a sense of direction. And I guess one of the one of the key oh yes. I know where where I wanted to go was uh, one of the things I like about this book is you kind of ad address a lot of the issues like like who is this book for who's going to benefit from this book what is this book not and one of the things that made my heart jump with joy is you said this is not a a uh, a self-help book in the sense of so many other self-help books that are out there 
And uh, the reason my heart jumps for joy is because I get tired of, of hearing the same stuff over and over again. And, um, and you, and what I like about your book is, is one that you admit that you've faced adversity in your life, uh, B, that you admit that there are real problems in this world. You admit that we don't, we're not all working from a, a level playing field. Some people come into this life with great material advantages or family advantages, social advantages, uh, gifts, skills, whatever. Uh, and yet we still have before, you know, and, and we have these major challenges right now, the environmental challenge. We've got wars going on, wars and rumors of wars. And it just seems like, you know, we're not even sure how long we'll all be around. So in the face of that, I, th I think your argument is pretty compelling that, well, even if all of that's true, what are you going to do? you got to do something. What are you going to do? And, and you, you argue that, well, what you should do is, is shoot for the very highest for whatever you can do from where you are with what your level and, and gifts are, modest or great, um, that we, can all, we all can find something to do. And, um, yeah. and, and the main thing is to buck up <laughs> and take heart because what's the point of, uh, of giving in to discouragement? Uh, if it's all going to be bad, well, let it be bad when it's going to be bad. But in the meantime, what can we do? Am I characterizing yeah. your message correctly? You are. You are. Um, being able to have the right productive or constructive mindset for moving forward in your life is so essential. But this this is a mindset we can have with even having very little little in our lives. Uh, I think that even with having very little in our lives, we can um, we, we we can have hope for the future and try to make plans and do things that can bring us closer to that future, even in small ways. Um, yeah, I, I do. I do. I, th I think you gave a very good summary. Well, good. <laughs> Uh, well, let's dig into the book a little bit more. Um, you've got a section, uh, I think you've got a section that's titled Anchor Yourself. And uh, let's, let's get into some of what you cover in that. What do you mean? Well, anchor anchor your, well you started off with as the sailboat. Do you want your sailboat to be anchored? A great point. <laughs> uh, not, 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 yeah, great point. Uh, not, not ultimately. Um, but, but I would say center yourself. Yeah. You know, being able to get in your own body, uh, feel connection to your body and know before you start the journey, even knowing who is, who's in your boat, who's, um, who do you have in your life? that um that can support you um do you have the necessary food to, food to survive do you have 
Um, yeah, and, and you suggest you know, that we that one take an active role. Yeah, you use the term uh, secure your attachment. So, in other words, figure out who your resources are, who you can rem- who you can be attached to, in in supportive ways, and uh, and nurture those attachments. Right, that requires Hopefully. some maintenance and work. It does. It does. Um, it, being able to cultivate high quality connections takes a lot of work. Being able to 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 uh, love yourself. Yeah, that's a big takes one. A lot of a lot of compassion. Yeah, it does because there are these voices that come up. You know, I think that that we're all pretty much prey to, uh, <coughs> and may have to work rather constantly at it. To um, I'm not good enough. Uh, I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough money. Blah blah blah. Uh, yeah. Nothing ever goes right for me. All these negative messages that that our brain is so prone to throw at us, but we really need to learn yeah. to challenge those. Yes, yes, um, and uh, challenge sounds. So confrontational. I would say we need to change our relationship to them. Okay. And. <laughs> and. I, I'm laughing more. because because you're saying so confrontational and the metaphor that I've used for myself in the past, thinking about trying to ward these things off, <coughs> was imagining myself as a samurai warrior. And having to have that sword poised and ready to be attacked from any side, but you're right; that is a rather warlike, <laughs> uh, maybe maybe going against the grain that we really want to have. That's funny. That's funny. Maybe I've inspired you to think uh, your metaphor, um, but um, I mean, I, I think that so much of this is is creating a harmony within yourself, even amongst the sides of yourself that you don't like, um, not and, tre- and and taking those sides and welcoming them in, but in a way where they don't have so much uh, need to voice themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they want, they want to be heard from, <laughs> and, and to some yeah. extent they, they insist on being heard from. And indeed, yeah. you talk you you talk about um, yeah. self compassion and the yin yang of self compassion. What are you getting at there? What is the yin and the yang of self compassion? Well, that's Kristen Neff's. Um, oh, I've interviewed her. Work. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, that that's her work. Uh, uh, say, arguing that there's a, you know, there's a tender kind of self compassion. Uh, that's very uh, uh, stereotypically feminine. And then there's like a more assertive uh, form of self-compassion where we take action to reach our goals. And well, both the yin and the yang are important and uh, and integrating, integrating them is, is super important, especially for your own self-esteem and for cultivating a healthy self-esteem. Yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, I've been very influenced by Jungian thought, and uh, so I like the the sense of balance that um, is in is in the Jungian worldview of um, integrating all your parts without mm. without casting them aside because often there are in fact there are jewels to be discovered you know in the very things that we that we think are our faults or that we tend to blame ourselves about yeah yeah there's a lot you had a lot of wisdom that's for sure one of the things that you advise is, is to ditch perfect and I think yeah. that many of us try for perfection and or or we have somehow we've formed impossible self expectations and mm. that we feel like we've we've let ourselves down or that we've let others down if we don't achieve our high standards. Yeah. Spot on. Okay. So you talk about embracing traumatic growth, and, and you talked about uh, post-traumatic growth. And that's a huge topic in itself, and it's, it's one that's very timely, right? Because um, there's a lot of trauma in the world, a lot of trauma that's going on right now. So expand on that for us a bit, would you? Uh, which part? Self-traumatic growth. Oh, excuse me. Post-traumatic post growth. Oh, self-traumatic sounds not good. <laughs> not, not, but not there's good. but but uh, there may be uh, in in that in that slip there may be a kernel of truth, right? Totally, totally. Well, when we attempt to um, increase or decrease the entropy in our lives, you know, there's, there's always psychological entropy. Things uh, can very easily get disordered, disarray, and we're always trying to create some order, some sense of coherence in our environment. Um, when we experience a trauma or a, an event that very much violates our expectations of how we thought the world works, um, so we get to a point where Oh, well, we thought that all people were nice and then someone was horrible to us or um, no one ever dies and someone loved loved one in your family dies and uh, you have to see the world in a different way, uh, see your plans in a different way. Um, to it, it, Managing that entropy can, can feel overwhelming and can feel very um, uh, ho ho hopeless. Um, but post-traumatic growth allows us to reflect on the situation find some meaning in it and think of uh how moving forward it um allows us to grow in 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 some way maybe it makes us a better person maybe it helps us form stronger connections to those in our lives maybe it gives us a greater sense of purpose or agency or new avenues for creative for creativity um if we're very like forward looking uh even knowing we, we can't change what happened you know, that, that can be very helpful for us. Yeah, we hear a, a, a lot about post-traumatic growth or post-traumatic, post-traumatic. 
what's stress, the word I'm looking disorder? for? Yeah, you know. Stress? Yeah, uh, we hear about the negative side, but the fact is yeah. that there's a lot of research, right, to suggest that not everybody suffers from PTSD who've gone through very traumatic uh, uh, circumstances. And I believe in this book and probably even more in your first book that has lots of footnotes, there's a lot of evidence and research that's been done on post-traumatic growth, right? Can you hold on one moment? Yeah. Hello. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Oh, I understand. I 100% understand. What are you what are you thinking? <laughs> yes. Um find a place to park on my street. See if there's a parking available on my street. Wad Wadsworth Avenue and just park there and uh and and text me uh when that's done i can give you a, a little thing to put on your car great i'm in the middle of an interview so uh but i should it's okay my man um but uh, i should be done in about i'd say 20 minutes okay thank you we'll talk soon Okay, sorry well, there's, about a good that. there's a good example of flowing with it and uh, yeah. and uh, yeah that's true and helping that person to to feel good uh, rather than uh, yeah. to feel uh, guilty for interrupting the interview and so on you handled that very smoothly well I'm, I appreciate you uh, with your patience with that I, I feel bad we're in the middle of an interview here but yeah yeah that's okay it's okay yeah uh, I'm I'm learning from you, and um, so that's good. Um, in yeah, let's mention some of your other other things that you're doing. In fact, you have a a podcast that that has an amazingly huge number of of. Well, I shouldn't say amazingly. You're an amazing person, <laughs> and so <laughs> and and very much a teacher. And so, uh, uh, and I think your 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 podcast really focuses on teaching psychology. Am I right? It does. It does. Um, it focuses on um, on human potential and and creativity and self actualization and what are the the things that we can do to really help us move in the direction of becoming our best selves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really impressed by that. And you mentioned an institute. Tell us about your institute. What What's the work of the institute? What are you doing? So I run something called the Center for Human Potential. Mm -hmm. And we offer trainings and workshops and consulting and coaching and resources to help people realize their full potential. I mean, we uh, we have a course for the general public called the Transcend Course. Uh, we, we teach them the latest science of human potential, but we also are working on a coaching, self-actualization coaching training program uh, for professionals 
um, as well as uh, others uh, in other sectors of society. And um, yeah, it's all it's all under that umbrella now. Uh, I, I did a lot of uh, things that that were not necessarily all connected, but I'm trying to connect all the dots in my life. Uh huh. I'm trying more, to bring it all under one umbrella. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So you that's say right. we are? Are there other people that are involved in this, uh, or are you doing it single-handedly? Uh, well, I was I was I was speaking about my multiple personalities uh, when I said we. Um, we have Bobby. We have Mary Sue. We have Jimmy. Sorry, I'm being weird. I'm being weird. Um, I'll answer <laughs> your question seriously. Okay, so uh, okay. we had we have uh, a whole team of non-imaginary people um that we um that i work with um that are certified coaches and um and badass humans uh with lots of experience in industry and and in the workplace and bringing flow and creativity into the workplace and um yeah uh, they, they help teach the transcend course and then we have a team developing the self-actualization coaching program uh-huh and that was your uh your comedian Subpersonality that snuck out for a moment there, peeked out. Correct. His, correct. His name is Barry Max. You what? Yeah, I said correct. His name is Barry Max. That's my oh, comedian. Oh, Barry opinion. Barry Max. Yeah, you ha you have a with two X's, actually three X's at the end. Uh huh. To emphasize just how Max, yes. just how Max he is. Correct, correct. And um, let's see what else we want to get into here. What else have I not asked you about that you'd like to talk about? I don't know. I mean, there's so many things we could talk about. I don't I don't know. I uh I I, th I think it's just up to you. What 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 is, what do you most want to get out of this interview? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm getting out of it what I want to get out of it. Uh, I think we're great. Yeah, I think um, you know one of the things that you talk about. Well, you mentioned your transcend, and this is a word that's really important in what you're doing. So tell us what transcend means to you in the context of 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 your own life and and what you're urging other people to do. Well, transcendence is it feels like a very high in the sky term, something that maybe it's hard for us to ever get to um, or to accomplish. And I, I wanted to make it very clear that it, it's not a destination; it's a direction we move in. And when we move in the direction of transcendence, we are uh, getting outside of ourselves in some way. We are not so focused on our own problems. We're focused on helping alleviate the problems of others. We are not uh, so focused on um, self-critical thinking, but we are maybe creating in the moment with full attention. You know, there's just a, a, a loss of self-focus. And beautiful things tend to come with that. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful experiences and connections. Yeah, you talk about savor, savoring life. That's a, a term that I've been hearing lately. Uh, somebody, somebody, somebody actually brought that up 
in a conversation recently, one of my friends, I don't know where he got it from, but was talking about uh, somebody had suggested that when he's going to sleep, if he's having trouble sleeping, that he should savor, see what what in, in the day maybe happened to savor. And it's about Love gratitude. That. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that too. Yeah, savoring, I mean, we do, how often do we take the time to really savor the good in our lives, um, especially the things in our life that we have seen again and again and again, you know, um, as opposed to the, the, everything new. I mean, it's easier to savor something new, I think. But can you savor the sunset every time you see it, the raisin, the, uh, the raisin every time you eat it, the partner every time you see them uh and talk to them and uh and and treat things as fresh and as uh grateful uh are you grateful for your existence even savoring your own existence yeah i'm a, I'm a big fan of savoring one's existence you mentioned partner uh do you have a partner are you a married guy or partnered in any I way many, i have many partners <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Beyond that, <laughs> do you have a special partner? Is one of them more special than the others? Um, well, <laughs> um, uh, um, uh, no, um, uh, I'm not. Well, I'm not married. I'm not married at the moment. Okay, uh-huh. that's true. And yeah. do you do you have children at the moment? Sometimes people have children no. and they're not married. That's true. That's very true. No, I don't have children, um, but I'm I'm open to it. Um, I'm open to it. It's uh, something <laughs> I think that uh, would bring me a lot, of, would bring me a lot of meaning and joy. Yeah, but it is not something that has happened. I can yet. testify to that. I've got four adult kids mm-hmm. and seven grandchildren, so uh, wow. I did go forth and multiply, <laughs> as as we are enjoined to do. Well, Absolutely. I mean, I, I tend to view my own books as a form of yeah. going forth and multiplying. Yes, and, uh, yes. That's uh, creativity, yeah. Yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. And you talk about finding flow. You talk about gratitude. Prospective, great, great, uh, prospective gratefulness is one of the uh, sections in your book. And I guess, what, what does that mean, prospective gratefulness? Um, prospective gratefulness? Yeah. It's your term, no not idea. mine. Yeah. <laughs> Do you recognize it? that one. Yeah, right. No. But existential gratitude or existential gratefulness is a form of, of gratefulness where you, you really have you're really grateful for both the positive and the negative in your life, for the good and the bad. For um, you're just you're so you're not trying to find whether or not the glass is half empty or glass full, but you're like, my gosh, I have a glass, I have a <laughs> container that can yeah. hold any experience. It's really uh-huh. a miraculous thing when you think about it. Every second we are given is really miraculous. And beautiful, even 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 during our hard times. 
I know Indeed. it can be hard to seem that way. Yeah, it can be. But uh, as as you kind of point out in the book, that's our task. Uh, maybe yeah. ta- it's our opportunity. <laughs> I'll state it positively. Yeah. It's our opportunity. Yeah. And, and we have yeah. the gift of that of of that opportunity and of choice, which is what your book is about. Yes. Choose yes. growth. Absolutely. Yeah. Choosing growth. That's right. Yeah. So anything more that you'd like to add to kind of wrap this up? Some closing message? I don't really think so. I think uh, uh, this was a great chat. Uh, it, was fi- it was nice to finally meet you. Uh, you know, a, a fellow psychology podcaster it's not every day that i meet such uh someone who's uh in such a similar uh frequency as me uh yeah, good. What they're trying to do in this world so no it's so good it's good <laughs> yes yeah yeah great well that's that's great and um uh <clears throat> so uh scott barry kaufman i want to thank you for being my guest today on shrink wrap radio and keep up your good work. Keep up all your great educating and all your good production and uh, and magnificent magnifying. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It means a lot to me. You too. It was a treat to speak with today's guest, psychologist and author Scott Barry Kaufman, Ph.D. To say that he is a super high achiever is an understatement. According to his bio, Scott is a cognitive scientist and humanistic psychologist exploring the depths of human potential. He is the founder and director of the Center for Human Potential and is an honorary principal fellow at the University of Melbourne's Center for Well-Being Science. He is author-slash-editor of 10 books, including Choose Growth with Jordan Feingold, Transcend, The New Science of Self-Actualization, Wired to Create Unraveling the Mysteries of the Creative Mind, and Ungifted, Intelligence Redefined. He is also host of the Psychology Podcast, the number one popular psychology podcast in the world, which has received over 20 million downloads. Dr. Kaufman received a Ph.D. in cognitive psychology from Yale University and has taught courses on intelligence, cognitive science, creativity, and well-being at Columbia University, Yale, NYU, the University of Pennsylvania, and elsewhere. In 2015, he was named one of the 50 groundbreaking scientists who are changing the way we see the world, close quotes, by Business Insider. Wow. See what I mean? These achievements are all the more remarkable in light of the fact that he was classified as having a learning disorder in his early school years and put in classes for, quote, slow students. Not surprisingly, this put a serious dent in his self-esteem for some time. He came to realize, though, that his full potential had not been realized, and he insisted he be taken off the slow track. In fact, he began seeking out the most challenging classes 
and to excel in them. He came to realize that he had been seriously misdiagnosed and misunderstood. He also became aware that he had a different learning style and that he was not stupid. Rather, the problem was not with him, but with the educational system that was looking for deficits rather than developing the full potential of students. As a consequence, his life's work has centered on education and challenging people to rise to their highest potential. The context for our discussion was his latest book, Choose Growth, a workbook for transcending trauma, fear, and self-doubt. His co-author on the book is another high achiever, Jordan Feingold, who had been a student of his, who also went on to earn a master's degree in the Applied Positive Psychology program at the University of Pennsylvania, and then on to earn a medical degree. The title of their book, Choose Growth, really gets at the heart of the matter. We live in challenging times. That's one of the things I appreciate about the book. They're not in denial about the seriousness of the challenges confronting us today, including pandemics, global warming, the rising oceans, fresh water shortages, wars, and rumors of wars. Their message is don't worry about what you can't change, but take heart and change what you can. And of course, one thing we can change is our attitudes, our minds. We can choose to meet the world with optimism. A major asset they focus on is post-traumatic growth. We hear a lot about PTSD and less about the people who survive and thrive, yet there is a growing body of research supporting that phenomenon. And of course, they hit the other major tropes of positive psychology, such as the importance of optimism, gratitude, developing and maintaining a strong support network of friends, family, and community, They also emphasize that we never stop growing and the importance of making that choice to actively seek out growth challenges. Choose Growth is filled with a compendium of science, wisdom, and practical exercises designed to help us commit to growth, pursue self-actualization, and safely navigate through choppy waters. Hi there. This is Ingrid greeting you from Copenhagen, Denmark. I've pressed the now multicolored donate button because at any time, anywhere I choose, I can listen to the most interesting psychological deep wisdom podcasts. It is just like sunshine to a troubled mind. And now I feel wiser and more dangerous. European co-listeners, shrink rap radio, Sailing to you from over there in a nice pace with friendly Captain David on board. All for free. I'm only happy to set the sails. Hello, Ingrid from Copenhagen. Thanks for becoming a financial donor and encouraging others to follow suit. Also, I'm struck by the synchronicity of your using a sailboat metaphor, which was also central to my conversation with today's guest. You couldn't have known about that consciously because the episode has not been released yet. Wow. Once again, time to shrink wrap it up. Thanks to my incredibly accomplished guest, Scott Barry Kaufman, PhD, author of 
Choose Growth, a workbook for transcending trauma, fear, and self-doubt, world champion educator and podcaster, and so much more. Next week, I'll be speaking with return guest and old friend and humanistic existential therapist, Dr. Kirk Snyder, about his new book, Life Enhancing Anxiety, Key to a Sane World. Until then, this is Dr. Dave reminding you to be kind to yourselves, others, and our precious earth. You've been shrink-wrapped by Dr. Dave. All the psychology you need to know, and just enough to make you dangerous.